Hey, it is it is September now, <laughs> and we haven't recorded in about. 18 days, I think, roughly, 18, 19 days. But Barb, you and I, hello, Barb. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jack. <laughs> I've Hi. missed this. It has been a roller coaster of a couple of weeks, let me tell you. Yes. Yes, it has. For you, for me, for everyone on earth (laughs) because i'm just i'm really done i hate to be like that i don't want to start i don't want to start hannibalism on this note but you know what i'm going to because wow just just it's just wow and i i know that a lot of listeners out there do know why we had to take time off Mm -hmm. i'm in california where the fires are really really bad and we got evacuated and i thought our house was going to burn down we Mm. You know, we had to head out of here and head to my in-laws. I grabbed everything I could, including my pod mic. Never got around to <laughs> podcasting while I was evacuated. But, you know, I am back home. The fire is mm-hmm. contained for the most part. But, mm-hmm. like, 2020 just <laughs> keeps on trucking. <laughs> like, <laughs> 2020 fucks. That's what it is. It fucks. Oh, yeah. And I sent I sent Jack this gift this morning talking about September because today is September 1st and it's just like, listen, September, you get in here, you sit down and you shut up. I don't want any lip from you. <laughs> it's re- it really is just like, you know what? I'm going to put you in, in timeout forever. Like 2020 belongs in the corner with a cone on its head. I'm done. I'm just exasperated. We're done. We The collective is, is done, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is why you have not had an update from us in the past two and a half weeks. If we had, di- if we didn't put out an episode this week, it would have been three, right? It would have been three weeks. I think we would have. Yeah, it would have. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're sorry for that. We always want to be consistent and on schedule, and that was hard for us. But mm-hmm. we also know that as listeners, you guys understand that sometimes, sometimes life throws you curveballs, fireballs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just balls of fire great big balls of fire right in our fucking faces and that is that that is the story that's why we haven't been around but we are back and mm-hmm. instead of doing our episode 10 review which is coming that is on the way yes and i cannot wait yes episode 10 oh my god honestly from here until the end of the series is just gonna be like oh, yeah. i can't wait for the next episode <laughs> For real. But we decided that it was time to make good on our bonus show promise with the roundup of user emails and comments from Twitter and Instagram and Reddit and this, that, and the other. And we're going to start with emails because it it's just easier to put them together and move on from there. But while the emails aren't plentiful like listen we definitely get our fair share and we are very happy and we love them i don't mean to sound like like uh, we don't get enough that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is what we do get is so beefy and well written and so much thought and insight goes into them that we're just like quality over quantity baby that's what we're trying to say so barb would you like me to start or would you like to start 
You start and I'll comment because they, they, like you said, there were just so <laughs> many good emails and these aren't just, hey, you guys are great. Thanks. These are mm-hmm. well thought out, well researched. Like the people that we have listening, you guys are fantastic yeah. because you think mm-hmm. beyond some of the insights we've even been able to comment <laughs> on on the episodes. And I'm just like, wow. As I was reading these emails, it was pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to start. We're going to go back to some of these. The dates are a little out of order because some are multiple from the same awesome people. And I just wanted to put those kind of next to each other. So if you hear some dates jumping around, that's why. But we're going to go back to July 20th and our amazing listener, Rebecca G. So we're not going to say last names or email addresses or anything like that or Twitter names because, you know, we want to keep some kind of anonymity and not kind of just expose you for everyone to hear. But from Rebecca G. Hi, Jack and Barb. Loved your latest episodes. Well done, Barb, for getting through the tags. And I'm sorry for <laughs> laughing. So that was clearly about <laughs> the bonus show with the fanfic reading. I fucking live. Don't apologize for <laughs> laughing. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was. So, I can't. We got to do more of that. But to continue the email, I looked up the psychopath jobs lists and found at the other end jobs with least amount of psychopathy are therapists and creative artists. Strong Hannibal characteristics. He's a conundrum to me, and I wonder how much is genuine. I mean, he is objectively a talented artist, musician, and therapist. And how much is his disguise, his quote-unquote person suit? Obviously, being a surgeon doesn't mean you're automatically a psychopath, never mind a cannibalistic serial killer. But it's interesting (laughs) to me that Jack and Alana would think the list is important enough to bring up. And I do like Freddie's line about psychopaths helping each other out. Also to note, Will is on both ends of that list in law enforcement and teaching. Thanks again for a great episode. A spoilery Patreon would be excellent. See you next time, Rebecca. So just that spoilery Patreon. We mentioned that a couple episodes ago where we said maybe we'll take chunks of one season, maybe at the end of each season, we go like episode one to five and we talk about, you know, just all the spoilers and dump everything in there. So if we're talking about episode one and how it can relate to, you know, episode three, 13 of season three and things like that. So we talked about that quite a few weeks ago and uh, I I like the enthusiasm for that, Rebecca. So thank you. And yes, yes, the psychopath jobs list. Oh my word. I feel, You know what, Barb? It concerns me because (laughs) it concerns me on a very personal level because uh, I'm an extremely creative person, which is good. But early on in my life, I was involved with law enforcement and military. So, like, (laughs) I don't really know. I feel like I'm riding both lines. I mean, yeah, I... I think we all can ride both of those ends of the spectrum. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, as she said, this doesn't automatically mean you're a psychopath. Not every surgeon is a psychopath, you know. And but what I do like about this is how she has said that Hannibal is not only at one end, but the other. And in both of them, he's phenomenal. Like he was an Mm -hmm. excellent surgeon and an excellent doctor and now he's a very talented psychiatrist (laughs) and very good at his creative endeavors he draws and he's a musician it's like Hannibal what can't you do 
I often ask myself that. <laughs> I ask that myself that in a very interesting way. Let's muse on that for a second. What is something you can see Hannibal just sucking at? I can't. That's the thing. Like, I literally <laughs> cannot think of something that Hannibal would suck at. I mean, look at his cooking. He's even a, an amazing <laughs> chef. Like, everything he does is meticulous and brilliant. Mm, there has to be something. Maybe sewing. He's like a terrible <laughs> seamstress. <laughs> or he can't crochet worth a fuck. Maybe singing. Maybe he can't sing. He just plays instruments. There you go. Singing. Yeah. Yeah. He he's not a dog person, so I can't see him. I, he's not. A, a, I don't think he'd be a good father. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's not a dog person, but he took care of Will's dogs with no problem. Well, I mean, took care of in the very basic, survivable, livable <laughs> sense. And here's food. Fuck off. That's. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that's taking care of. So. But yeah, please send us more user emails in, in in what what do you think that Hannibal absolutely sucks at? Baseball, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. See, there are some scenes coming up where I've seen him spring into action and it's <laughs> it's impressive to say the least. Yes. Yes. But what does that have to do with baseball? <laughs> Are you kidding? You need to be able to spring into action at any moment from either fielding a ball or from running the base. You have to be ready and you're fast. And that's what I mean. That's just running. That's cardiac power. I'm talking about hitting a damn baseball with a oh. bat or throwing it or catching it with a glove. You're talking about cardiac sports. <laughs> Good. Saying, he's good at cardio. I'm saying he's he's very fit and mm -hmm. I think there's some athletic ability there maybe i think that you know with hannibal <laughs> other than the cannibal side of it and the killing mm. serial killer mm -hmm. he's kind of like the whole package <laughs> wow that's yeah, a that's a greeting card that. for valentine's day <laughs> right uh, other than the fact that you might kill me and eat me for valentine's dinner i think that you're great that's i don't know about that barb i don't know if it's <laughs> worth it <laughs> okay, our next email is from Josie B. on August 1st, and she writes, Dear Jack and Bart, thank you so very much for your smart and tasty podcast. You ladies have <laughs> seen things I missed, made me appreciate characters I didn't care for, and your commentary has been a silky smooth sauce over the top of this <laughs> luscious prime rib of storytelling. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> See what I mean about our listeners? They are just mm. incredible. Mm -hmm. I have not consumed any Hannibal content since I first saw Silence of the Lambs in the theater as a size 14 college student. The movie was perfection for me, and I never felt inclined to watch any of the follow-ups. Then a few mm. weeks ago, I was cruising Netflix for a cooking show. <laughs> You, you found a cooking show. Was not disappointed. Yes, you did. <laughs> I missed Hannibal when it was on TV. Don't really watch much. But now I am transfixed. I've watched season one up to the finale. And I am now re-watching the episodes before taking that last bite. I want to mm -hmm. honor the whole season. It's my way of being a member of the Hannibal Clean Plate Club. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 
I yeah, love this. I love it. Following along in your podcast, now that I have caught up, I have a couple of thoughts to contribute. And I love this. Yes. I, I love that when people contribute because wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this this is a lengthy email. I freaking we're going to break it up. So each of us kind of have a, a stab at it. See what I did there. And uh, we're starting right out of the gate with episode one aperitif. And Josie writes, Hannibal looked less polished, as you noted. It's fair. He had been really busy. In the meeting with Jack, he said he thinks he can help Goodwill see the face of the cannibal. Thus committed, Hannibal flew out to Minnesota on his own, stole a taxidermied stag's head, picked a human prop, found a field for his tableau in an unfamiliar area, settled on the art direction for the project and then carried it out then he flew back home with his tasty treat cooked it up enjoyed it then nonchalantly flew back to minnesota to join the gang he earned that rough and ready look (laughs) and it was all worth it he went on his first date with his new crush visibly giddy hanny enjoyed a momentary passive role as will was literally in the driver's seat and in command of their shared activities until there was an opportunity to introduce chaos by phone as a side note when looking at cassie boyle's corpse will mentions that the copycat thought of her as a pig later in the season of course he mentions the chesapeake ripper killing in sounders of three ellipsis pigs i'm so looking forward to him making that connection and okay i was gonna stop there we're gonna talk about all of this but fucking i did not make that connection when we were talking about that in that episode with Sounders no. when Will was talking about how the Chesapeake Ripper kills in Sounders of Three. And he says, and I call them specifically Sounders because it is a small herd of swine. And this Ripper looks at his victims as pigs. He doesn't see them as people. He sees them as pigs. And damn it, Josie, I let you down. I'm sorry because that was my section. But this is, that is a fantastic observation, and uh, I am remorseful that I missed it. But I, I I agree. When you go and read the Hannibal going back and forth with his tasty tree and then, you know, flying back to join the gang, which I don't, it's, it's like Scooby and the gang. I don't know. It makes me <laughs> smile every time I read that line. I, yes, you're right. He did earn that rough and ready look, didn't he? He really, really did. He went on his first date with Will and he feeds him people and he was just, you know what? He was like, listen, baby. You can drive. Where are we going? This is what we're doing today. And then, of course, he gets to that point, I think, where he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to introduce a little bit of chaos to this man's life and thus the phone call. And then the whole Garrett Jacob Hobbs thing blows up in Will's face. Almost literally. But I really I I, I appreciate all of these connections connections that you made and and just seeing <laughs> I don't know about you, Barb, but just seeing Hannibal's schedule of, well, presumably the events that he went through and did (laughs) makes me tired. It does. It's impressive. You know, the lengths that he went to, to travel Mm -hmm. back and forth and do all of this. And you don't get that taste of it in the show because they've edited it so well that you don't realize they have to travel. Back and forth. Yes. Back and forth. So yep. <laughs> it's amusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is amusing, but really good right out of the gate with with the paratif, Josie. Yeah. Really good. And Josie continues on with more insight into episode three, Potage. And she says, Alana lost 
the argument over whether to take Abigail home. Though she disagrees, she maintains a united front with Hannibal in front of Abigail by wearing a similar black wash tartan coat to his. In episode four, Oofs, the allegiance is dissolved in her confrontation with him over bringing Abigail to his house for Dindin. Her red dress <laughs> clashes dramatically with his salmon-colored shirt. Side notes. Mm-hmm. This side note, my goodness, uh, mm-hmm. the observant nature of our listeners. I'm just like, wow. And I tried. I tried. I elicited help trying to figure out what this painting was. And Josie, you came through. You yeah. came through. So Josie writes as a side note, the painting in the Turner home is Newgate committed for trial by Frank Hall. Sorry, haven't found the other ones yet. I think the fancy fly lure might be called a Lady Caroline. The O'Halloran home is in North Carolina. Probably a coincidence. These these are amazing insights. And I just I. Mm -hmm. I don't think I always pay as close attention to the clothing as others. Like I do notice Hannibal's clothing because it's Hannibal and he stands out. But how one might go along with that, like you're saying that Alana's kind of really complements what Hannibal's wearing. And then when they disagree, it dramatically contrasts what he's wearing. I'm just like, Mm. wow, I did not even notice that (laughs) (laughs) i didn't either and we try we've said that on like we try to make connection after connection after connection and to but it's just impossible we're not gonna see it all and no (laughs) we get so hyper focused i think sometimes and so much tunnel vision on the particular episode that we are imbibing that (laughs) some things fall to the wayside like for example the sounders and the pigs comment like i had that section with will when he talks about the chesapeake ripper but my mind was the farthest from aperitif you know what i'm saying exactly because we're watching them one one a week basically and Mm -hmm. we don't always have that memory of what was four episodes ago when we're doing it this way But it's really cool to be reminded of those connections to the episodes and how creative the creators of the show are to really tie it all together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just so many people coming together to bring a list like united, cohesive vision together. There's been a lot of consistency on some of the really great shows that I've loved very deeply. I mean, Breaking Bad, for one, Mm -hmm. is one of the most consistent shows with threads that started kind of like, you know, Josie's talking about here in episode one all the way to the end. And that's a rare thing because I think it's 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 an intensive like command of the material that these Mm -hmm. people are creating. And not everybody has that. And a lot of fucking people are lazy in Hollywood. So yes, yeah. So to have that is is pretty extraordinary. So I mean, Josie, you're just amazing, and and you belong writing on Hannibal season four. I think. <laughs> Moving to the next episode, she goes to episode five, Cookie, and says Bella Crawford declines the faux gras 
visibly upset. It's of course more than sympathy for the ducks whose livers were destroyed. She had to be thinking of that migrant liver cell in her own body that wandered into her lungs as she later mentioned to Hannibal in their session. Of course, it could also have been that jawbone from some small mammal that was just chilling on the plate. What's up with that? Were the guests supposed to pick their teeth with it? I apologize if it's a cultural tradition somewhere. It is unfamiliar to me. And that, so, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lead with that and then go back to the foie gras, foie foie gras, because I don't know if that's a cultural tradition. I haven't checked to be completely transparent with everyone. If it is, we are not trying to, you know, shit on anybody's culture or tradition or anything like that. We are just completely unaware. And it is our job to look into stuff like that. So I promise that we will make amends and maybe have some sort of addendum in a future episode. But I like that these things happen. Like if you look at the design of Hannibal's dishes sometimes, there are some garnishes that just really you're like, I'm I'm sorry what like because it just doesn't like you put that time and energy into something that is inedible for one and that's it (laughs) like i i understand and i can appreciate the wanting to have a presentation i am i am kind of a type a in that way but i i mean I don't know what was up with that jawbone. If somebody has some sort of insight, please email us and we'll talk about it on the next roundup on October 1st. But as for Bella Crawford and the visibly upset with her dinner, I I knew that it was I knew that it was liver. I didn't put again, it was one of those very obvious things that I just didn't link in my brain. And no, and I think yeah. it's because we didn't know specifically what was going on at that point in the dinner so then when we actually get to that point in the episode it's like oh shit you're just kind of processing and dealing with bella crawford's news and the fact that hannibal has this incredible sense of fucking smell you know what i mean so i love that you linked those up and god again the writing on this show is brilliant it is just this like you know, because put yourself in, in that mindset. I don't ever want to, you know, God forbid, I don't ever want to be in that mindset. But to to think like, I don't, I don't want to eat this thing that I, it's just this link. It's this in, intricate, inexplicable link in her brain that leads her to say that thing. Like, you know, just a random liver cell just wandered off and bam, tried to make a liver inside of my lung. And well, now I'm fucked. And it's, it's difficult. That's the word I'm trying to find. It's difficult, but it is very, very linked. And I love that you put that together. So good Lord, you are good. Oh, yeah. I Over my head on that one. I just thought she was looking at a piece of meat and was like, it's too cruel. <laughs> so <laughs> Josie goes on with episode six entree. She says, pretty sure that's a Jaguar XK150 Roadster in front of the mental hospital. It's a nice car. I really hope it wasn't a one-off in the show. It's such a rare car to see. I hope they made use of it in a later episode. Or is it just a statement on British cars being mechanical basket cases? Wow! Like, I need to go back and watch this episode now to see the car she's talking Mm -hmm. about but the connection there is it just a statement that british cars are being mechanical basket cases that is the best (laughs) josie we we love you this is amazing yes 
<laughs> Please she, come write our shows. <laughs> she goes on to say, regarding the wounded men, multiple versions exist in Renaissance medical texts. They represent mm. all the potential wounds a doctor might be called on to treat. I can see Hannibal coming across a wounded man illustration and saying to himself, how cool would it be to have all the wounds <laughs> at the same time? That is absolutely something Hannibal would think. Like, I like this picture. I want to see it for real. <laughs> yeah, I just... It, <laughs> your voice went a little creepy there. I did that on purpose. I, I know you did. I, I, <laughs> I like the idea of Hannibal just kind of looking at it like, <laughs> I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> see that right there? That's what I'm going to do. I, I like that. God, yeah. Great, great catches on both of those. And... Yeah, I I love the wound man, the wounded man, however, or whatever it is called. She says wound man in in both descriptions that she, or both labels that she talks about. So I I don't know which is the more accurate textbook version, but I do, I I like that. I think, I think it's also funny too, when you look at it from a medical perspective, like these, like a Renaissance medical text, she says, has this representation of a wounded man uh, and it's like all the potential wounds a doctor might be called on to treat and it's like what the fuck like i get like you know like the femoral artery and you know the jugular like like all of these very serious things in our body that it's like if this gets cut if that gets cut you fucked <laughs> like this is what you're gonna have to treat if it's a flesh wound if it's a this wound if it, but it's like the way that it's depicted on the show is just like you know rebar and machetes and garden shears <laughs> like it's like how why would all of these you know random things happen and it's just it's interesting to me and scary and it fits so very wonderfully for Hannibal and just and just to add to that musing of is it wound man or wounded man I just quickly looked it up and there's a painting from the 19th century that is called the wounded man but there's mm -hmm. also a wound man, which is an illustration which first appeared in European surgical texts in the Middle Ages. So I think it it started off as mm -hmm. wound man and then changed to the wounded man when they did this painting in the 19th century. Okay. So both are accurate. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move to episode seven, Sorbet. <laughs> she says, okay, I'm about to get nasty. <laughs> Oh, bring it, Josie. When Hanny says he wants something pink, I heard him making a pass at Bedelia. If Hannibal was in my house looking like a snack and apps and asking for something pink, I would not be headed to the wine fridge. Josie! Josie! Gir Josie! Girl, I we are with you! We are with you! That makes me smile. Can I just say... When I was reading these over earlier, I had mm -hmm. to quote that because I was like, that is amazing. Our listeners are just incredible. Josie, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was just so dang good. It was th this whole email and she has uh, she ends it with some general comments and we're going to split those up in a minute. But this whole email is just fantastic. And thank you like um, i'm gonna thank you more at the end and so is barb but yeah let me just say that right now this all of your threads all of your 
connections and your insight is just absolutely brilliant. But yeah, go for it, Barb. So Josie says in the opening credits, the last face to be formed looks to me like a petite homage to Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal when he has his face mask on in Silence of the Lambs. Literal face mask, I assume, is what she's Mm -hmm. talking about. The little mouth bars. And then she goes on to say, the establishing shots of the FBI Academy are of a brutalist building. Brutalism, aside from the connotations in English, is an architectural style that strives to break down facades and exposes the fundamental parts of a building, such as pipes and structural supports. It means to lay bare and leave nothing hidden. So very appropriate for the forensic work done within. Wow. Wow. Just wow. And I went back and watched the credits now, and I absolutely see the homage to Anthony Hopkins's Hannibal mask with the blood forming the bars over his mouth. I absolutely 100% that is canon. I don't want to hear any BS, even if Brian Fuller's on the show and he says, no, that, that, no, I won't even believe him because that's canon now. <laughs> and brutalism. Yes, I, I did a little architectural stud- studying when I was in college, and I do remember learning about that. And again, my brain just didn't put it together. I just always thought it was very severe. It's very severe architecture. It's cold. That's what I always took away from it. But this is just, this just goes so much deeper, and I absolutely think it's wonderful and fitting to the nth degree. <laughs> she she goes on and says, and finally, of the main characters, we've seen them all at home in their most unguarded moments. We've seen Jack in bed with Bella, Will in his undies, Hannibal in his robe after getting woken up by Will. We've even seen Freddie naked in her lair. <laughs> in her lair. Oh, shit, man, that tickles me every time I read it. Wherever it happens to be. We have never seen Alana at home. The one time we might have, and I don't know if she was actually at home, was when Abel was staring at her from outside. Spoilers for a later episode, episode 11. Even then, we see her from outside distanced. She knows each of the other mains better than anyone else. Hannibal was her mentor when when she was a resident. She's worked with Jack for a long time, and she is Will's friend, but she keeps them all separate from her most intimate life. We know little about her personal life, and I'm kind of hoping she's keeping some secrets of her own. I like that. It's a good, it's a good little kind of trail of thinking because she's kind of involved with everyone on a very into like mental intimacy level. I, I, you know, even Bedelia, like we're introduced to her and we know that while it is her practice and she's there with Hannibal, that's also her home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's, you know, outside of (laughs) Beverly and Price and Zeller, whom, you know, we care about them, but not enough to see their house. I think it's interesting that Alana has, has not, has not come forward with that. And uh, yeah, thank you again for your podcast and thank you for indulging my thoughts. Always, Josie. I do apologize if some of these have been covered by other listeners. You do such a good job with the spoiler warnings that I am able to skip past those bits and remain blissfully unaware of what's coming. I absolutely love that. Cheers, Josie B, a new fanival. I love it. Thank you, Josie. That was just incredible. Just wow. Mm-hmm. You know, Barb, like I sometimes <laughs> like I don't want this whole podcast episode to be like, do we even know what the fuck we're doing? <laughs> but a part of me kind of feels that way. I'm like, damn, that's like a mic drop. I'm just like, oh, 
holy cow, what am I doing? <laughs> Why yes, am I on this Yes, that's what I'm pod? saying. Yeah, like, and, and we <laughs> love it. And that's just the thing about Fanables is we all love this show and we all have something that we see in it. And it's just amazing. So thank you. So our third email is from... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So from August 14th. Hi, Jack and Barb. How are you? I'm writing from Peru. I just wanted to tell you how glad I am you started this podcast that I was able to find it. The Fanable community is full of awesome podcasts and creative people, all very Mm -hmm. insightful and intelligent. Yes, I agree. I saw the show for the first time while it was airing on NBC and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I'm now in my fifth rewatch and your podcast is the perfect companion. All the sections you have are great and just make me pay more attention to every detail, even when I know by heart what is coming next. (laughs) I love that. And Jack, Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you. Hugh (laughs) Dancy is just everything (laughs) that's in caps. Yes, he is. (laughs) Who needs Clarice when you have him? He is the gift that keeps on giving. I can't wait until you get to season two. Masterpiece. Oh, gosh. Yes. yes, I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. She goes on to say, I just listened to your dissection on episode seven, and I wanted to ask, how did you figure the insurance guy was homophobic? Mm. Did I miss something? Because I always thought he was rude, but it never crossed my mind that he was assuming Hannibal was gay. Like I say, maybe I missed something in the scene. Also, I know you are doing a special episode about the reunion. How awesome was that? Mads and Hugh <laughs> mm-hmm. summarized the show and Hanagram relationship perfectly. Quote unquote, find someone alike that can see you and that you want to be seen by. <sighs> oh, yes. my heart. Brian Fuller is such a snowflake and has created a great dynamic between Will and Hannibal. That to physically sexualize it is unnecessary at this point when all their scenes are more sexually charged than any of the three (laughs) sex scenes we have seen in the entire show. Agreed. (laughs) He built Mm -hmm. it so well. So when the characters started to put in words or ask if they are in love in season three. Oops, spoiler. Well, the answer is a fluent yes. Let's all cross our fingers to get to get a season four, please. In the meantime, thanks for your podcast. Warm regards, Fiorella. Wow. Oh. That was wow. Oh, that was amazing. I see our, our listeners. I do all over the world. I know all over the world from Peru. That's amazing. And you were watching it live on NBC, which you know, we missed the boat on that, unfortunately. But I love that you can watch mm-hmm. it and know what's coming by heart as you're listening to what we're talking about, which is great. And yeah. I had the same question when we talked about it, that episode about the insurance agent, because I didn't quickly assume that he was being homophobic until Jack and I talked about it. So did you want to comment on that, Jack? Yeah, I so that was in episode seven sorbet. And the first time I saw it, I definitely didn't get that the insurance guy was 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 a homophobe or or acting in a homophobic manner towards Hannibal. I just thought he was dismissive and rude, kind of like Fiorella mentions here. But after being a part of the fandom and being kind of dug in like a tick and being amongst conversations and 
trains of thought and musing and theorizing and things like that. A lot of people talk about how this man, yes, he was dismissive and yes, he was rude, but the way that people treat other people that they I don't know, in their in their minds, demean or demoralize or things like that is really in line with that sort of behavior in this interaction between Hannibal and this insurance guy. Mm. And I think partly why Hannibal targets him for his dinner party and goes after him, punctures his gas tank, cuts him up into you know pieces and feeds his guest ultimately at the end. But I think when you look at the show as a whole, when you take in the fact that its creator is a homosexual man who has had a really rough go in keeping his shows to his vision in Hollywood, It's it just kind of makes sense to me now. So while it might not necessarily be canon, it might not be a thing where if we sat down with someone and we were like, was this the intention? Was Did you set out to explicitly have your viewers come to the understanding that this man is a homophobic piece of shit? They might turn around and say, you know, it might have been in some of our minds, but it wasn't ever explicitly done in that vein of thought from the get-go. But if you want to interpret it that way, knock yourself out. And I think that that's, that's kind of part of the creative bag of consuming media today, is you you come to it and you watch it from your point of view, from your environment, from the things that you have in your head. And that's why media is consumed so differently from person to person and shared just as varied. And so while other people like Fiorella could just see this as, you know, this guy's being a rude prick and maybe he was just a rude prick and that's Mm -hmm. enough for you to be like, fuck this guy. I personally lean more towards the homophobic thing, given the nature of the show, the tone of the show, the creators of the show, and the fact that Hannibal specifically targeted that person. Because the dialogue about not every, and I might fuck it up, not every disease is an infection, but every infection, or no, not every infection is a disease, but every disease is an infection or something like that. Like that just really screams, you know, those people who believe in gay conversion. So yeah, I don't, you know, in a world where gay conversion therapy is still prevalent, unfortunately, and illegal completely in certain countries to the point of where, you know, death is the penalty for being a homosexual. I think, I don't know, given my own, the where, where I come to from this show, it just makes sense that that was a man who was homophobic and judging Hannibal on his appearance, his lifestyle, his fashion, his home decor, just the whole package and fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, as for the the next bonus show, so this is the one, bo- the first bonus show we've been promising. But the next one will definitely be the reunion show that happened in July on July 11th for Nerdist. So we are super super excited about that. And Hugh's line about find someone alike that you can see and be seen by is just oh, it's just wonderful. It's it's when you have that transparency with someone, and there's no veil and there's no mask. It's just beautiful it it really is uh yeah to find that person Mm -hmm. 
So thank you, Fiorella. That was an amazing email. We hope we hear from you again. And thank you for our patience in getting this episode out. All of you. Thank you. But and we'll thank you again at the end because yeah. knowing us, that's just how we are. But number four, our fourth email that we are going to dive into is from Karen from August 15th, 2020. Hey, I just wanted to tell you I love your podcast. And since you said you like emails, I thought it would be cool to send you one. Thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of things I want to say, but I guess I can start by saying I love listening to your friendship, your truly goals, and I hope one day I find a friend how you two found each other. It's just and a bunch of the sparkly heart emojis. <laughs> oh, I want to cry at that. I know. Well, we're, well, we're going to talk about that. Now related to Hannibal. More than once you've said that Hannibal never wears a black suit, and this is a deliberate choice from the showrunners. My personal headcanon, we love headcanons, is that he's saving monochrome for his wedding with Will. Oh, Oh heart clutch. Oh, I love it. Also, you didn't know why Hannibal sent Will to Tobias in Fromage. I don't know if you've already read this, but there's this explanation interpretation theory whatever in tumblr and i just need to share it with you because i love it i'll leave it here for you if you didn't know about it so i'm gonna click that open right now okay so it is a gif set it is a gif set story Mm -hmm. and the first gif is hannibal drizzling over his little sweet garnish for the dessert that now will is going to eat because tobias took off and it says are you still hearing this killer serenade behind your eyes and more drizzling and will says well it's our song and then hannibal looks up at that and then looks down and this tumblr user An exposed nerve, that is the name of the Tumblr user, says, Hannibal didn't send Will after Tobias to teach him a lesson. He wasn't upset with Will. He saw an opportunity and he took it. Hannibal's goal with Will from the beginning was to get Will to become him. He wanted Will to be a killer like him so that once Will finally figured it out, he finally saw Hannibal, he'd understand him and be receptive. Hannibal was conditioning Will. He saw the potential for friendship, what with the way Will's mind worked, and so he was trying to push Will in the direction, in the right direction to help create this perfect friend. I use the word friend, but it's also so much more than this. Hannibal sent Will after Tobias because of how much like him Hannibal Tobias was and it goes on from there and we will link that in our show notes so be sure to click that and read all of the amazingness that an exposed nerve posted on her tumblr but miss Karen summarizes it for here Hannibal sent Will to Tobias so Will could kill him and absorb him as he did with Garrett Jacob Hobbs wow when Will killed Hobbs he saw him and understood him he understood a cannibalistic serial killer now as Tobias is so similar to Hannibal they share tastes and hobbies he wanted Will to kill Tobias so he could also see and understand and absorb a refined and elegant killer Hannibal was preparing Will to see him a cannibalistic, refined, and elegant serial killer. I tried to summarize it, but the po- but the post is so much better. Also, it's 4 a.m. and English is my second language, so I tried. Trademark. <laughs> Finally, I would like to thank you for the time you put into the podcast. It's the highlight of my day, and I just, I love it, and I love you too. Have an amazing day. Sparkly hearts, 
galore. Oh my God, Karen. Oh, that was amazing. And for English as your second language, that was excellent. I, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I never would have known that. Would not have known that. So, no. all right, let's dig into this email. So, yes, we love emails. So thank you for <laughs> listening to our love of emails and then firing one off to us. And Barb, our friendship. She started with our friendship. Or, excuse me, they started with our friendship. So we should kind of talk a little bit about that. We're not going to spend the whole, you know, next hour on it. We could, but we're not. Oh, we, oh, we could. We could easily. Yes. We have been best friends for about two and a half years now, but we have known each other for close to four. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, about four. Yeah. Because three and a half, four. <laughs> and we were brought together from a Star Wars podcast that I just somehow <laughs> got kind of ushered into (laughs) like all of you guys lived out in california and would get to see each other and here's little me on the east coast just like you want me to be on a show with you guys all right cool and that's kind of how it started (laughs) yeah i i met jack through the podcast i I would be recording and jack was this voice through the headset and i remember I needed to put a face to the voice because I'm a visual person and I looked her up on Twitter and friended her. And for a while, we were just Monday night, we did our podcast and that was kind of it. Mm -hmm. And then we started texting every once in a while and every once in a while turned into a little more than once in a while. And then there was this this key moment. I, I remember it pretty well where... I just realized, no, well, I knew how incredible Jack was. I, I really did. <laughs> but I just realized how much of a connection that we had. And mm-hmm. I'm going to try really hard not to tear up here because this is like our friendship means mm-hmm. the most to me. And she's the best friend I've ever had in my life. And <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it came to a point where we, uh, we, don't go a day without talking to each other all day long. Mm -hmm. And it's been like that for about two and a half years. Yes. Yes. And I, it started with, I love you too, by the way. And it means the world to me as well. I don't want that to go to just linger on your end. But I remember it started a lot because you got a new puppy and I kept hounding you. Get it? Puppy hounding. I kept hounding you for puppy pictures. And I was like, I was like, damn it. I've been awake for hours. I understand the California difference. And I was like, but where's my damn puppy picture? It was, it was puppy pictures and it was Game of Thrones. I started watching Game of Thrones and I, we'd be watching it at night after the kids went to bed and I'm three hours behind Jack and something would happen in Game of Thrones and i'd be like are you still awake and of course jack being jack who i didn't realize back then was up late she's like yeah and i'm like oh my gosh this part just happened oh my god and so you know it was this shared like fandom of things that we're not just little fans of things we go no (laughs) we go dive head first into those things that we love and that was like the thing that brought us together because we are we are crazy (laughs) Yes, we are. Hence the Hannibalism podcast. I think that speaks for itself. (laughs) But yeah, I remember sending you puppy videos. The puppy videos and the pictures were 
amazing. I still have all of those and every once in a while. I mean, I have like almost <laughs> 40,000 photos on my phone now. So it's like when I have to dig, I'm like, I'm going back. And I'm just what? like, all right, so two and a half years ago, that's where I'm going. <laughs> and what's funny is he's he's almost three now. And I, I even sent mm-hmm. you a picture of him this morning because he just had this pathetic look on his face as he was waiting for and me to And that makes him. me so sad when you call him pathetic. I'm like, don't call him pathetic. He's too cute and cuddly. and per- He's giant. He's a giant dog. And that's why I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, that is how our, our friendship came about. And actually, so here's, here's a funny story. And I don't, I don't actually know if I ever told you this, but before the bestie, the, the besties started for you and I and the puppy pictures and everything else, we did a Father's Day episode on the Star Wars podcast. And <laughs> you and I kind of had a tense moment because it was about Anakin Skywalker. It was like an in defense of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. And Listen, my Twitter name is Jaded Vader. My, my Twitch name is Jaded Vader. I am a Vader apologist. <laughs> so that man who has done plenty wrong, I'm aware. Also, I love a serial killer show, but I'm, I have problems. You were just like, no, no, fuck him. He doesn't deserve to be a father to his children. He doesn't deserve for what he force choked Padme. <laughs> You were just mad at me and my opinions. And I was like, well, that's how you feel. That's not how I feel. (laughs) Okay, so first off, I don't remember that. But what I I do do. remember is most of the time, you and I agreed wholeheartedly most of the time Mm -hmm. on that show. Most of the time. And if it was a Father's Day show, yeah, I could see myself saying stuff like that because of personal experience. I would be very bitter and angry. So that kind of makes sense. And I remember thinking that, but I didn't know you at that point. And I was like, I think Barb probably has some history that I don't know about. (laughs) And I'm going to leave that untouched and I'm not going to fight back because everyone comes to this their own way. Oh, wow. (laughs) I want to go back and and listen to that episode now because I have no memory (laughs) of this argument. (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't like a full out argument, but I remember one of our other co-hosts texting me later that night and he was just kind of like well, that was interesting <laughs> because our, our, our show didn't have a lot of like tense debatey kind of uh, moments between each other. So I do remember that, but I also, I specifically remember it, not just because it was like some sort of tension or anything, but because I like debating people in things. I like digging in and, not arguing per se. I mean, yes, I do like arguing. I'm a Leo for fuck's sake. But like, I I also like people having different opinions and not just an echo chamber in a roundtable discussion. Because that's get, that gets really fucking boring sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, which makes me wonder sometimes because we agree most of the time or more specifically, I agree with you most of the time that maybe I'm just not <laughs> challenging you enough. Jack, maybe I need to step up my game. <laughs> no, on that. I mean, <laughs> I like the squinty eyes. <laughs> I don't like it so much. But I mean, you and I did ha- have kind of that, not tension, but we had that debate about uh, Abigail and our opinions over oh, her. Yeah. And I really I still, liked how we I had still that. I disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, but I, now see, you told me on the show that you were coming around. 
I, I am. But a now little, you're saying you disagree. I, I am a little, but okay. What I disagree. I love how many tangents see this as us as best friends. <laughs> what I disagree with is I still have compassion for her and you have none. That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe I have a little bit. No, I don't. I don't. I don't no, you at all. Don't. You're and just, you're, you're, just trying to make, you're just saying that because you're trying to make yourself not sound heartless. And you're not heartless, but you think that you're sounding heartless by saying you have no compassion. See? And this is why you're my best friend, because you just fucking nailed it. Like, I can't. We, we do know each other inside and out most of the time, and we can call what's going on. And that, you know, to harken back on the last email just talking about finding that person that can see you and you want to be seen by i mean i definitely mm-hmm. would attribute that to you so yes me too and i think that that was the defining like you and i had called each other you know best friends or bffs or you know oh my god you're my god that kind of stuff but uh, there was that distinct turning point or maybe another turning point when I was having a particularly rough day because I struggle I struggle with depression and and you know mental I don't want to say mental illness because nothing has ever been diagnosed for me but I certainly have my fair share of downs and I don't you know we don't have a lot of capacity to talk about them on this particular show because we stick to our episode and stuff but it's a bonus episode so we can kind of dig in Mm -hmm. but i strive to take the passion that i have as a person alive on earth and trying to do what i can in with my time here i try to take what i have and put it out in the world because that is just something that feeds me and you kind of called that very early on and it was one of the most simple things that anyone has ever said to me and I think you know what I'm gonna say which is why I'm not making eye contact with you (laughs) but you said to be known is what you want in this world in this life and and as a person and I I'm gonna get choked up because it's for me personally it's very important not for everybody and it's not to be known on this global you know infamous or famous level it's just to be known by the people that i feel with comfortable with that i want to be with be around be close to share compassion share this fucking life with you know what i mean and you are one of those people and for you to just kind of see that in me so early and regurgitate it back to myself in words that I don't think I ever kind of put together in my own brain was just a very eye-opening experience and sort of sealed the deal I guess (laughs) uh yeah I remember that Mm -hmm. yeah that was a that was a a a tough time I think (laughs) but that's (laughs) but that is a very small little kind of (laughs) capture of Jack and Barb and I I know I can speak for her and and certainly I'm speaking for myself in saying thank you for recognizing that in us, Karen, and for appreciating it. And I absolutely hope that you find your person mm-hmm. because they are fucking out there. And all you have to do is just say yes to an invite <laughs> to be on a podcast or to collaborate with someone. It will lead you to beautiful places. I can guarantee it. So 
But going back to the Hannibal part of this email. <laughs> yes, saving monochrome with his wedding for Will at absolute headcanon. There is bam, done, sealed. There is no other way. That is going to be the black suit moment. Season four, Brian Fuller, deliver it, please. We love y'all. And as for the interpretation of Tobias and why he sent Will to him, why Hannibal sent Will to him, I absolutely love that. I your summary of that and an exposed nerves tumbler post about that that is absolutely fucking brilliant and never once did that occur to me not once like I just I kind of want to kick myself in the face it's so funny because I remember talking to you about it going why did he do this because he looked absolutely yeah. relieved to see that Will was alive and we were we were really picking each other's brains like there's no way that he wanted Will dead but Oh, gosh, mm. I love this insight so much because this is perfect. This is exactly why he did it. We didn't get there when we did that episode. No. And I'm so thankful for these emails from from our listeners and from fellow fanables that they are getting those parts that we miss. Just thank you, because it makes so much more sense now. <laughs> It does. And it really, really rounds everything out and takes that episode to a much higher level for me personally. Mm, it does. yeah. Because that pissed me off. That really pissed me off thinking that Hannibal was like, you know what? Let's put him to the test. And, and it being some sort of shallow motivation of, well, if he dies, he dies. But at least I know. Like, what the fuck? You know what? I, uh, no. So that is absolutely so much better and amazing. And thank you again for all of your wonderful kind words for our show and our friendship and for Hannibal. We love everything that you said. Yes. Thank you. Oh, getting choked up. Okay. Number five, our email from Maudie on August 17th, 2020. As always, very entertaining. I listened to the entire episode during a long drive today and the kilometers flew by. Kilometers. I'm where are you from? I miss kilometers. Can I just say that? <laughs> I just miss home. Firstly, I must confess I am a Franklin apologist. <laughs> the poor dumb sap is just so awkward I can't help but feel pity for him. He so badly wants to be seen and recognized. When I read that, I was like, she's right. He's... Yeah. 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 We all want to be yeah. seen. Yeah. I know. I don't want to see Franklin, though. I'm sorry, buddy. I know. <laughs> Which leads me to thinking about the theme of seeing and being seen. In this episode, when Hannibal sends Will off to confront Tobias, I know you are both torn as to his motivations. Me too. I think of Hannibal being like a princess in an old-fashioned fairy tale. <laughs> He sends his chosen consort off on a dragon mission, hoping his tenacity and bravery will result in him slaying the dragon, as it were. You said off on a dragon mission. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dangerous, but it fucking works. You go off on that dragon mission, baby, and you come back. <laughs> it's so good. Should I correct it or do we leave this in? No, we're leaving it all in. Gosh. But okay. Maudie did say dangerous, but we're keeping it as canon, da canon dragon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying really hard to read without stumbling, and sometimes I just assume words. Anyways, if Will really is worthy, he will survive the test. I also think that Hannibal sometimes does things just for the hell of it, simply to see what might happen. Yeah, that sounds like Hannibal. Mm. But with Will, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't think he j wants to risk his... No, and now we know what 
we have a better idea of, as to his motivations for that refinement and to absorb Tobias and so on and so forth. But it connects to what Bedelia tells him, how we all want someone to see us or have the ability to see us, someone worthy of Hannibal's friendship, just like a fairy tale prince might have to scale the quote unquote cliffs of insanity. Hannibal is curious mm. to see if Will has what it takes to scale his psychological walls and climb over them. Ah, these mm. insights and the writing. My goodness. Mm. <laughs> then, then the bit with Hannibal shopping for harpsichord strings. In the Hannibal book, if I remember correctly, Dr. Lecter explains the difference between a piano and a harpsichord is that a piano string, when struck, reverberates, leaving a memory of the sound, whereas a harpsichord mm. sounds the note with finality. It's interesting that Hannibal prefers an instrument that avoids, quote unquote, memory, as it were. He lives mm. in the moment, musically. The theremin is another perfect choice as you play it by manipulation. A master manipulator like Hannibal couldn't resist. Wow. Oh my God. Just wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. One thing that also really struck me was how strong the catch lights or obies were in this episode particularly when Hannibal and Tobias reveal themselves to each other during the dinner conversation. And in parentheses here, catch lights are obi or obies are the lights cinematographers use to project a tiny oblong of light into the eye. It creates mm -hmm. an aura of life and vivacity. Hannibal's and Tobias's are so bright, almost fevered. That and the use of Rembrandt lighting are the two strongest cinematic techniques I've seen used in this show. Wow. Mm. And I totally agree, but just wow. Mm -hmm. Will yeah. lying about seeing Garrett Jacob Hobbs might be because maybe he unconsciously senses the similarities between them. As Will kills, he moves closer to becoming his dark self. This could be another mm. reason why Hannibal sent Will into Tobias's orbit, hoping he might kill Tobias and move closer to what Hannibal sees as Will's authentic self. Yep. Wow. Like, yes. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the sound of the human cello reminded me so much of the apprehension engine. If you have not heard of it, it's haunting and incredible. Anyway. I was on a much-needed vacation this past week, and I'm so looking forward to catching up. True Normand will be amazing. Lisa S, <laughs> a.k.a. a.k.a. Maudie, a.k.a. Automatic Bad Girl. I'm pretty sure she's from Canada, too, by the way, because she has the Canadian flag next to her username. <laughs> oh, this is... Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I think... Yeah, I do follow her. She is Canadian because we've talked about it, and... Uh, I just, yeah, there's certain things that I know sound weird, but that kilometers thing, I'm like, I miss those. I miss everything about Canada. So. No, not weird. I would too. If I was living in England or something, I'd be like, give me miles, give me miles. <laughs> but thank you, Maudie. This was just from the Franklin apologist to Tobias and his motivations. And I like how you kind of started off with why Hannibal might have done what he'd done with Tobias. And then you came to the same exact conclusion that Karen did and, and exposed nerve on Tumblr in that he wanted this 
authentic self inside of Will to come out through the killing of mm-hmm. someone else. I think that you and I are just stupid <laughs> and did not and should have put that together. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, we get such tunnel vision with these shows sometimes that I think the best way to do it is to break no- notes up over over a period of days, I think. <laughs> I mean, some t- and we also want to try and keep it within like a two and a half hour episode and sometimes there's just so much in these episodes they're brilliant that we miss yeah. things <laughs> yeah and we're listen we're not saying all of these things or or you know repeating ourselves ad nauseum because we are uh like defensive in any way shape or form it's not that it's just we want to deliver the best product and podcast and conversation and just this like you're hanging out with Barb and I mm-hmm. while watching our favorite shit like that's what our intention is with our show and if we miss things like we we are sorry <laughs> but we also love your email so it's yeah. like a win I almost want to like <laughs> miss things so that we can get some emails that are just like oh, wow <laughs> this is incredible <laughs> yes exactly all of these I mean, just you're talking about instruments and lighting and motivations and it's just brilliant. It's just fucking brilliant. And I I mean, like I'm a professional photographer. My guy is a professional videographer. So, you know, I've been to school for photography and I've learned plenty about lighting. So the lighting of this show absolutely strikes me sometimes, but I never would have once thought about talking about catch lights or Rembrandt lighting or OBs. Like, and none of that ever, because it, those are just the mechanic things. And I, I want to do that now. <laughs> now I'm going to be like <laughs> film school student. <laughs> like It's time to go ham. But I love that you brought that to our attention. Maudie also ex- included a YouTube link for that apprehension engine that Barb mentioned mm-hmm. about the haunting and incredible sound that reminded her of the human cello from this episode. So I will include that in the uh, show notes. So be sure to click that because it's pretty awesome. But thank mm-hmm. you so much, Maudie. Yes. Slash thank you. Automatic bag girl. Number six is from Maddie. Maddie has emailed us a couple times. And this is Maddie Contrary. We... Actually, we've been mutuals pretty much from the beginning on Twitter and I believe Instagram now. She is an incredible fanfic writer. One of her stories was actually included in our fanfic roundup. And you absolutely loved the description, by the way. (laughs) It was the one about Will having a little girl. Remember? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He had a daughter before him and Hannibal started everything and... I mean, it's amazing. It, it it really is an amazing fanfic. So, Maddie, thank you for reaching out to us several times. And please keep doing it because, oh, my God, these are incredible. But her first email starts with, hey, yeah, my first email because I needed to shout about the last two episodes I listened to. So get ready for some word vomit. <laughs> she, start, she starts with sorbet. Love the parallels about Franklin wanting to be Hannibal's friends, plus Hannibal wanting to be Will's friend when talking to with. Bedelia. And then we cut to the scene with Will and Hannibal, where Hannibal asks if he and Will are friends. Like, that just screams, I want to be your friend. Although maybe not in such overt terms, and maybe Hannibal doesn't even realize that himself until he talks about it again with Bedelia. I think in another separate episode, question mark? But this episode, God, I just love the theme of this episode, seems to be friendship. 
like they really slowly moved out of the procedural frame of the show from this point onwards and great catch absolutely they did it's not that obvious but it's slowly moving away from the serial killers du jour and into the developing dynamic dynamics between Hannibal and Will. I love the slow realization that Hannibal goes through in this episode. As much as we like to dunk on Franklin, he also helped Hannibal realize his feelings about Will, I think. This is one of my favorite season one episodes because of that, even though the organ harvester wasn't that interesting, although I do love the scene with Will staring at Hannibal in the ambulance with a man's heart in his hand. It's when Will begins to quote-unquote see Hannibal as something more than a therapist. I think, especially during that ambulance scene, because, well, he brought wine to Hannibal only to leave afterwards. Like, we're not surprised to infer that he actually went to Hannibal's to have dinner with him instead and then backed out when he found out he was actually having a dinner party. Little spoiler warning if you have not watched past episode 10 of season one, then just stop here for like 10 to 15 seconds. Also, I firmly believe that Will begins to, quote-unquote, see something else about Hannibal, too, though with the encephalitis clouding his mind, maybe he doesn't immediately jump to surgeon meticulous. Hard to predict to Hannibal. It's probably there in his subconscious somehow. And you can come back. Spoilers are done. Oh my god, I haven't listened to Alanis Morissette in forever, but yes, what a perfect song for that particular ep. Like, Hannibal is slowly realizing that he considers Will as something more than a curious patient, and I don't like this uninvited feeling. I haven't heard of Silhouette, but oh, I love the sound of that just from the snippet. Thank you for the new song. You're welcome. We love oh, we love the we Hannibal love, songs of the yeah, week. Yeah, we love the songs and i know we've said that a million times on the episode but it's so much fun for us for real and then she talks about fromage look sorbet and fromage are my favorite season one episodes because it takes the sting out of the rest of that season the manipulations the betrayal spoilers because we get those two being so gay for each other for absolutely no reason at all so y'all are just gonna hear my thoughts on these two podcasts in particular girl go off we are here <laughs> for it i love that you guys include the red dragon excerpt do you think reading the books add more nuance to the show i've been thinking about reading it but i don't know if i'll survive the purple proses and for anyone curious to know what a purple prose is in literary criticism purple prose is prose text that is so extravagant ornate or flowery as to break the flow and draw excessive attention to itself purple prose is characterized by the excessive use of adjectives adverbs and metaphors <laughs> So before we finish, before I finish this email, I, I got to be honest, I don't find it to be too excessive in no, Red I Dragon. Didn't, I didn't either. Mm -mm. It's, it's, it's perfectly done, in my opinion. You know, it doesn't distract. Yeah. No, not at all. So I, I, I personally recommend reading Red Dragon in tandem with watching the, the seasons because it absolutely enhances and enriches the material, I think, because you find out more about where the creators of Hannibal, Brian Fuller and so on and so forth, really pulled from and infused into their characters. And I think that that's a really beautiful, unique thing that not that doesn't happen as often and when it does it can go wrong sometimes mm -hmm. in a kind of like just off the wall fanfic take on an original concept so for this particular case i think reading red dragon is an excellent and i is an excellent idea and i highly recommend it and i think 
Barb would agree with me. Yes, absolutely. It's it's so good. And like you said, reading in tandem with the show, especially when things line up the way they did for that one episode, I was just like, wow. Yeah, chap- chapter six, six and episode six was just yeah. like right there, seamless. It was so mm-hmm. good. Without mm-hmm. being spoilery or repetitive or boring. Yeah, it was just so, yeah. perfectly lined up. And I loved that it fell on mine. <laughs> Yes, that was really good. (laughs) So back to the email. Jack is such a frustrating and somehow perplexing character in season one, but I sort of get his point of view. He shouts a lot. And as someone who has a boss who shouts a lot, initially I hated him in season one until they softened him up in that Angel Maker episode. But also as a boss, you do have to somehow juggle caring for your worker and trying to push push them to get the best results. He just veers too much in the latter category and I did not like it. I agree. I love that line had to cut you up to get a decent sound out of you. And everyone just stared at him, him being Will, like the fuck, dude. I can see why people are weirded out by him on rewatches. But when I first saw it, I empathized so much with Will through our unreliable narrator lens that I was just like, no, don't treat him like this. My poor baby. (laughs) Honestly, I felt that the first time and I feel it still (laughs) fair point about Alana thinking that something's wrong, but she never did say anything. But there's also Will's reluctance, reluctance to open up to people around him, which doesn't probably endear him to others either. Like I think the only one who really tried to ask him if he's okay were Alana and Beverly, but Will just sort of brushed them off when he should have confided in someone. And well, hard to help someone who doesn't want to be helped sometimes. Absolutely truth unfortunately it's sad it happens all the time but that is the truth anyway i love listening to your podcast feels like rewatching the series again never mind that i just finished a rewatch recently while talking about it with friends and i really love the spotify playlist you guys are putting together till the next step heart maddie i love that maddie thank you all of those insights yeah just incredible insights and i mean Thank you for sharing, first of all, your two favorite episodes with us and really Mm -hmm. geeking out with us and really taking it to that place of, you know, this is what really fills me up and this is what I really want to spend some time on and I want to share with two people because that means I think if I can kind of bullhorn a little bit and brag maybe, that means that Barb, you and I are really getting our passion out there and across. That people feel comfortable sharing it with us. And that's fucking fantastic. That is one of my favorite things to experience with someone else. That is something I connect to with someone else immediately. It is like chemistry. It is fantastic. So, I mean, everybody who's emailed, thank you. But just specifically for right now, Maddie, thank you. And with that said, Maddie has our last email. Mm-hmm. So our last email, number seven, is also from Maddie. She says, hello again. <laughs> okay, finally got around <laughs> to listening to your podcast on the True Normand episode. So more essays. <laughs> yes. And yes, the totem pole of humans episode, which is probably one of the more effed up crime scenes considering. <laughs> yes, I would yes. agree. I had a very hard time with that. I don't know, just the thought of all those limbs being twisted together, barf. (laughs) To be honest, (laughs) I wasn't that intrigued by the case of the week. It feels a bit boring. 
But the draw of Hannibal is not in the procedural crimes, but more of how the characters' relationships develop once they focused more on the main characters. I would agree with that. In parentheses, can I just say, though, that Will looked like a total snack during that beach scene? Oh, <laughs> yes, snack. Yes, he did. <laughs> also, I think Barb brought a great point regarding Abigail. She's sort of similar to Will in that she's an entirely unreliable narrator in the series. She probably mm. tried to convince herself that she was innocent in all of this, while her father's the instigator, and she's just, quote-unquote, doing what he told me to do, quote-unquote. Hey, mm. sounds familiar. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding what Hannibal told her to do in season one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah, she's in denial that she is actively participating in her father's murders. So she creates her own narrative that it's her dad who's forcing her to do this. And spoiler warning, everybody, just for a few seconds here. A great parallel to what Will did in season two on the honey trap scheme. Parentheses, example, killing Randall and staging the body, etc. Mm -hmm. he just did what he quote-unquote had to do in order to trap hannibal no way he enjoyed killing a man with his bare hands no siree <laughs> god this show <laughs> oh maddie this is great okay i'm so frustrated that will didn't confide in jack on his sickness I do wonder what would have happened if Will had said something about his lost time. It also frustrates me that Will confided it to the one person who would seek to use it against him. Damn you, Hannibal. Damn you. You are right where I was at. Can I just say that when I watched this the first time? I am not there mm -hmm. the second time, which is kind of interesting. Anyways, to continue. I can't even blame Jack in this because he's probably still distracted with the cases plus Bella. But yeah, I do blame him just a little for not keeping a closer eye on Will. <laughs> I wouldn't want him as my superior, that's for sure. The only person who has rights in this episode is Alana, <laughs> just for the honesty and hug. The honesty mm. sucks just a little, though, because, quote unquote, unstable must have felt like a slap in the face for Will. Ugh, this whole ass episode. Why? <laughs> At least she was pretty upfront about her feelings, though. I love listening to you guys talk in details about your observations. My mind makes so many more connections and parallels to future ep episodes, and it helps to see the characters' arc expand from this season to the last. I understand Alana so much better on rewatches, and honestly, I love her. A bit more mm. ambivalent on Abigail, but like Barb, I sort of empathized with her too. LOL. Ellipses, this next little part is a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Ellipses, isn't it funny that Abigail's instincts on Boyle approaching her was to gut him? And then we get to the gutting scene in Muzumono, and that's not really funny, but whew. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Mm-hmm. Regarding Hannibal with his scalpel, you know that dialogue that said Hannibal has several trains of thoughts running at once? I can't remember who said it. Bedelia, maybe? Yeah, I'm thinking he's just this kind of shit at times where he's <laughs> just curious 
to see what would happen, and that he prepares for all eventualities. So him touching his scalpel at times is probably that version of preparing for one eventuality. Would he have killed Jack slash Will if the eventuality came to pass? Most likely. Who knows Mm. what Hannibal thinks? Honestly, he's such a capricious god. Wow. Oh my gosh, these insights just blow me away. Can I just say that right now? Because <laughs> you guys are all amazing. Also, LOLOLOL, I love Will staring daggers at Freddie Lowndes. His entire <laughs> scowl during that dinner was so priceless. I love him so much. Pre- petty bitch. <laughs> I love it too. Oh gosh. Also, regarding glasses, great point on the glasses. I think he did wear them throughout season one whenever he confronts Freddie. Spoiler warning in this sentence. <laughs> Maybe Will didn't wear glasses starting from season two, like after the incarceration. He also used the opportunity to sort of faux murder Freddie too in season two when the glasses came off completely. So make that what you will. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Quote unquote, you choose the version of the truth that suits you best. Look, this may be the reason that he can't stand Freddie, but Will also does this a lot. He's <laughs> such an unreliable narrator, and that's the reason I love him so much. But man, that man has a lot of internal conflict. Yes, he does. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. this is more apparent in season two, but still, ugh. Come on, Will. Use that reflection skill of yours on yourself sometimes lol <laughs> oh you're being so harsh on will but i get it parentheses i guess he just hates it more that she uses it to defame people though so you know fair enough i don't hate freddie though i don't really like her either lol same with abigail i'm pretty ambivalent with both characters to be honest <laughs> LOL, I think my rating dropped for this episode too because of Hannibal's little manipulations throughout the episode as well as my heart being broken for Will. Mm. Parentheses, that hug with Alana was much needed. My poor, unreliable narrator baby. And parentheses. <laughs> it took me a long while to rewatch season one again because of all these manipulations and betrayal in season one. But you know, I've come to appreciate it after rewatching the whole series for like more than four times now. LOL. Nice. Love it. Song time from Samaritan to sin is indeed a great line. Very similar to the whole, are you observing or participating in this moment line? Really like mm-hmm. the song too. Also, I love M83, and that song is so fitting for the whole quote unquote lost time feeling, very moody and melancholic. <laughs> Will, in parentheses. No. Will! Sorry. <laughs> I, I have trouble speaking the emphasis sometimes that comes across in these, but yes, Will! Another enjoyable episode. Thanks, guys. Hearts. It takes me a while to go through them. LOL. I really enjoy listening to them during the downtime in my work hours. LOL. Love, Maddie. That was amazing. <laughs> Incredible. All of you are. I mean, I so many. Yeah, I just I agree with the boring. It, you know, the case was a little boring for, for this episode, but it, it just really makes up for it with... <sighs> you know, the will not confiding into Jack and, 
you know, Alana being the one that hugs and reaches out and mm-hmm. and just your, you know, you're looking ahead and the and the insight when you compare Abigail to, you know, season two, episode 12 or episode 13. Like you're just Maddie, you're so insightful and mm-hmm. concise and all of you like but I'm focusing on you right now, Maddie, I'm focusing mm-hmm. on you because I mean, just the links and the trying to understand from Will's broken narrator point of view, but also be ambivalent to other characters that are also going through their own levels of shit. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's really, you're just really good. Thank you for taking the time out to send everything. You I mean, you've sent us two massive emails and I just, <laughs> you guys, you guys all blow us away, really. It's yes, just amazing. I'm speechless. Mm-hmm. On a podcast, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's these amazing connections that we are forming, Barb, through mm-hmm. one of our favorite TV shows with people who, I mean, it is my favorite TV show. I don't know if it's yours. I don't think it's yours, but it is one of yours. And yes. that's where this this connection and this this like-mindedness and this outreach and you know you feel like you guys feel like you're hanging out with us and Mm -hmm. we feel like we're hanging out with each other and we can't really do that right now so it's just all good like it's all good things and if any if this year needs anything it is more good fucking things so thank you for your emails thank you for taking the time thank you for listening to our show for sharing for getting other people to listen to it 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 just means more than i think any one episode of us talking about it can ever do because mm-hmm. we really are we are deeply grateful yeah it's it is just amazing you guys have really just touched us so much with reaching out with all of your insights with all of your thoughts and just loving Hannibal with us and watching it along with us. We just, we love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your emails and yeah, so much more to come. Yes. So very much more to come. I'm going to throw out a couple, a couple Instagram people that have messaged us just, you know, just their thoughts in passing or extended insights whatever you want to kind of attribute this but the first one i'm going to go with is someone named dame lyons and that's d-a-m-e-l-y-o-n-s and their message says bros so i loved your pod from the first episode and your break was unexpectedly difficult to get through i was listening to the newest ep and just had a realization i had to share i absolutely fucking love i love it I, as soon as that hits in the email or the messages i'm like yes <laughs> they write alana's beer has human in it every time hannibal serves someone human he gets this weird brief look on his face he watches her like that as she's tasting more overtly she asks hannibal directly what else is in it and he responds he will only answer yes or no to that before he dazzles her with that private reserve comment and then changes the subject so yes had to share big fan of your work nice (laughs) i love it (laughs) I love it too. And that's definitely one that I didn't really 
consider if I'm being completely honest. Oh, I knew the there was beer. human. I knew there was human in the beer that he made for Alana the first moment. I'm like, yep. Just like I knew that breakfast sausage he gave to Will was human. Yes. Okay. The breakfast sausage was very overtly obvious. But when you talk about liquids, I don't necessarily, my brain did just didn't go there right away. Did I have the assumption that it was a part of it? Absolutely. But I didn't have, like, like I said, it wasn't an overt observation like, oh, she's drinking people. No, I didn't have that. So thank you very much, Dame Lyons, for reaching out. I know I have already interacted with you on Instagram and I, you know, just wanted to reiterate our gratitude the next person is a user named tender underscore fascination hi jack and barb i just wanted to pop in and let you know that your hannibalism podcast is absolutely a gift like most i recently binged all three seasons and my homoerotic fangirl bloodlust is nowhere near fulfilled i'm trying to convince my friends to watch hannibal because it's just so darkly beautiful and your podcast makes me feel like i'm fangirling with friends thank you so much for producing this stellar content your hanagram song wrecks are my favorite part of each episode I'm keeping a list and my copies of Thomas Harris's novels will be here in the next few days. I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. That was from August 21st. I just, that's it. Amazing. It just gets better and better and better. (laughs) All of you. Just the fact that they, they, they feel like they're hanging out with friends because that's what we feel. And yes, thank you guys. Yeah, it is. One of our favorite things, those are those are the most recent ones that we have had come in. And there's been so many people that I've talked to, so many reactions to our stories, to our posts, French fanables. You and I talk as regularly as possible. I know I've been a little missing because of just the last two weeks of chaos and, you know, Barb and her fires and me with my depression and work and birthdays. Like, it's just been one fucking thing after the next. So I apologize for the less or dialed back communication. I am sorry. But I will also put out there that French Fanables, M is actually going to start producing and making her own podcast. So we have that oh, little forward awesome. to, and I'm so, <laughs> so excited about that. As soon as we get more information concerning that, we will absolutely put that out into the universe so everybody can join along and love it with us. That is all of our email roundup from july to the end of august we are going to do this every single month we are going to record it on the first of the month it will drop probably the day after the whenever close to when we record it theoretically (laughs) but maddie maudie karen fiorella josie rebecca dame lions tender fascination french fanables thank you thank you thank you we are so grateful We are, listen, we know that spending time, time is money, time is energy, time is all that we fucking have to spend. At the end of the day, that is all we have on this earth is time Mm -hmm. and how we use it. And the fact that you are sharing some of yours with us is amazing. And we are grateful and thankful and look forward to more time spent hanging out between you and I, Barb, and between all of our amazing, fantastic listeners. So that is that is our bonus show. That is round one, user emails, some Instagram comments in there. I haven't gone to Twitter yet, but I know, <laughs> I know, 
I know, I know, I know. We're going to get there too. I promise. I promise. But you guys are amazing. And please follow us on all of the things. You can find us on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Hannibalists. You can email us. Please email us so we can have another user email roundup in a month. And you can do that at HannibalismPod at gmail.com share your thoughts, reach out to us. I know sometimes I respond via email, but I think it's better to respond to you guys as a Barb and Jack collective and partnership and everybody else can hear all of your amazing insights that way. So Mm -hmm. going forward, that will likely be the format. So yes, please HannibalismPod at gmail.com. And if you have time, please go over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe because it helps other people find our lovely little show. Our Patreon will be dropping soon. We're also thinking about doing a Redbubble or Tee Public store to put out some awesome Hannibalism products. If anybody's interested in that, just keep watch on the Twitter. And I am over everywhere pretty much. (laughs) All of the social medias. Mine is Facebook because Facebook sucks. But you can find me at Jaded Vader. Barb, where can the Fanables find you? They can find me at Reckless Wookiee at all of the places <laughs> <laughs> at all of the places we are also giant gamers so yes. if you're into watching us play some games please come over to twitch and hang out with us jaded vader and reckless wookie so do that we have great conversation good laughs lots of tears depending on the game some frustration (laughs) lots of expletives also depending on the game and some dick jokes lots of dick jokes i don't know how it happens (laughs) but it happens so that is our show thank you all for hanging out with us stay home or if you have to go out put a mask on and stay safe we want you to keep hanging out with us i know it's a selfish motivation but until we are back with our next episode this is our design. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.